We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Welcome to the BuzzBeat Podcast. I'm your host, Richie, and this episode is being brought to you by Untuck It and Manscaped. Blue Wire. Breaking news, Terry Rozier. He'll be the next starting point guard of the Charlotte Hornets. Step back, wide open, and it's good! Terry Rozier! All right, welcome in. Uh, post game of Kimba's return to Charlotte, not a great one for the Hornets. A uh, good one for Kimba and the Celtics. They take it pretty easily tonight in Charlotte, one hundred eight to eighty seven, in, in what I think was pretty easily the Hornets' worst game of the season so far. Certainly offensively, um, we'll dig in more. Hornets only thirty eight percent from the field, six of thirty one from behind the arc. That's not even twenty percent. 21 team turnovers. It was uh, it was hard to watch. Richie text uh, Brian and I <laughs> before we jumped on here live and said, "Hey, I'm falling asleep, guys. So good luck tonight, uh, recording post game, <laughs> and uh, see you in the morning." Yeah. So yeah, it was one of those games that could put you to sleep quickly. BG reactions. Yeah, first off, Richie dealing with a little bit of load management uh, yeah. <laughs> here here tonight, which we understand. I'm sure the talk shows tomorrow will be blowing up as that we discussed that. You know, Larry Bird. Never uh, backed out of a podcast when he was, you know, supposed to record that. You know, this didn't happen 25, 30 years ago. You know, no one missed a podcast in 1987 because of load management. I can guarantee you that never happened. Actually, oh, um, the times they are changing. Yeah, I know yeah. what what happened <laughs> to the good old days here, right? But um, yeah, no, it, it, this game I think looked like a lot of what I expected to see this season: a, a strained score. And and that's even sort of with you know the expectations maybe altering a little bit with uh, PJ Washington looking like a godsend and Devonte Graham playing really really good basketball out the gate too, but this is a really good Boston team and I think what you are seeing with Gordon Hayward I mean if he's going to play like this the the Celtics have two All Star caliber guards wings and basically some guys that can get you a good a good shot every time down the court and doesn't hurt to have. Brad Stevens and some other really good players filling out the roster, uh, pulling the strings too. So that, I just think the Celtics, they, they look scary good. Um, not a great game for them offensively either, to be totally honest with you. Kemba didn't shoot well. But a guy like Miles Bridges, like Stevens and what the Celtics want to do schematically, we actually talked about this last season after one of the times that Charlotte played Boston. But 
what the Celtics are trying to do in the half court, like Miles Bridges just ain't ready to defend that and all the all the playing in space and the cuts and the the loopy curls. He just they targeted him and and Hayward smoked him back to war for a couple scores and and they'll just they put you into rotation and if you have if you slip up one time, they've got good players that are going to take advantage of it and good passers like Hayward and Smart and Kemba. And yeah, they, they, they found, they find the open men and they're, they're impressive to watch. Um, one thing I want, I'll, I'll slide in here. Just one of my thought, like I had this initial thought pretty early on in the game too. It makes sense. I think from a game planning standpoint of what James Borrego is doing coming into this game as a pretty significant underdog, even on your, on your home floor and at a pretty serious talent and in depth disadvantages but and we saw this in the past with last year when they would play Boston the Celtics would try to post Kemba so much they would try to get a switch and and then go to work with Tatum or Jalen Brown or Gordon Hayward posting up Kemba and Charlotte tried to do that as well just with the shoe on the other foot and they tried that little cross screen play that the little slice cut play for PJ Washington three times early in the game they tried a little Iverson cut into a screen-to-screener side pick-and-roll, see if they could get the switch and have P.J. take him into the post. And just the Celtics, impressive defensively, sagging off Cody Zeller, helping switching behind the play when they when they had to, and, and Kemba, Kemba dug in too. So I overall was uh, impressed with the Celtics and thought while on paper and schematically, I thought that idea of, hey, let's try to post Kemba, I think that maybe maybe we'll even get in some foul trouble. You know, I think that makes sense, but I, I thought they forced that, and it just didn't work. They they had no success whatsoever with that tonight. Yeah, it's a good point. It's interesting. You know, I think that the Celtics have a, a lot of length, you know, albeit they don't have a true rim-protecting mm-hmm. center. Um, but, man, when you get Jalen Brown and Jason Tatum, you know, they, they put Grant Williams out there too, like – They've got a lot of different lineups they can go to that can swallow you up. And, you know, kind of to your point about the Hornets trying to post Kemba early, you know, they try to do that. But the, the Celtics can close up those those gaps um, so quickly with their length and their speed and their athleticism. And I think that's something that maybe I underrated a little bit with this team, just looking and saying they don't have a center that can defend coming into the year. Tonight was – I mean – this Hornets team hasn't lit the world on fire offensively, but they've been good enough, especially with beating teams off the bounce, kicking, sharing, finding you know the open shooter in the opposite corner or whatever it might be. Celtics, they, they closed all that down tonight, and they also stayed at home uh, off dribble penetration. <clears throat> you know, when Devontae or not Rozier, that's for mm-hmm. sure, he did not attack <laughs> with ag- aggression. More tonight. on that later, too. Yeah, right, right. But, I mean, they stayed at home on shooters tonight, and the Hornets just didn't have any options uh, when they couldn't get into the lane, kick it out, move the ball around the arc. And the other thing, uh, this was the first game we really saw, hey, P.J. Washington's a player. We are staying at home on him. He only got up one three-pointer tonight. It was very obvious yep. mm-hmm. that the Celtics were taking that away. Um, and, again, I mean – I think Tatum had a block on him. Um, I certainly saw Brown make it difficult for him to finish it, you know, in and around the rim a few times. Tice even made it difficult on him when the Hornets went small with P.J. So there's a lot of attention on him. He's one of eight tonight, still has five blocks, still has a lot of rebounds, like makes an impact in the game. Not that P.J. was terrible, but it's this offensive offensive attention that he's drawing now that's going to make life a lot harder on the Hornets. Yeah, and I think we'll see – 
it's going to, a lot of how, a lot's going to depend on how he starts to counter this type of attention. This is something that we've seen since probably the, the Lakers and Clippers games, but, um, you know, what can he do? He likes to really, this is something to keep an eye on as well. He really likes to, when he does attack a closeout, he goes left, like the vast majority of the time, like really far more comfortable pumping and, and going left. And, you know, if he can't get, if he doesn't have a clear path, it's sort of tough for him to weave to the rim. And so he's going to look for a, a uh, floater or try to throw a pass. Ultimately, that that's fine, but that's sort of going to be the next step, and we'll see as the season goes along. I think actually the only shot he hit tonight may have been may have actually been a little a little floater. I, I could be having that wrong. Maybe I'm thinking of a, a Miles Bridges finish, but yeah, I I thought PJ still had an impact on the game. As you said, five blocks, at least four of those were in help situations, and he had a couple. Um, that that were just amazing. Where he left his guy, came over and, and made a calculated play and, and, and got up and uh, just an impressive block. I, I thought his defensive effort tonight. I, I know Marcus Smart got him got him on a blow by in the second half for an and one, but I thought PJ, who struggled in space a little bit this year, that that first step defense has given him a little bit of a fit. I thought he did pretty well against Jalen Brown in space on a couple times, and, and obviously his impact as a help defender. Uh, with those blocks was was special i thought tonight yeah a few other things here uh i thought were interesting and there, there's plenty we can dig in on you know i thought miles bridges was was good tonight um one of the positives we can hone in on 18 points 10 rebounds had one nice assist on a lob to, to biz on a little uh yeah. kind of a little a skinny pick and roll there mm-hmm. um so he's probably the most consistent offensive player for the hornets tonight and he showed it from a few different spots on the floor i mean he hit two threes there were only six of those mm-hmm. going around for the hornets as a team you know, he had a few nice post-ups, you know, those little pinch post spin, gets to his Euro step and immediately at the rim kind of plays. He had a really monstrous dunk in transition with Devontae, a nice pass. So, you know, this was kind of that uh, the prototypical Miles Bridges offensive game where you see three levels of the floor that he's really able to attack from. And, mm-hmm. and, and what, we, you know, what we're hoping he really develops into fully as a player. Um, Cody Zeller, only 19 minutes. Uh, Bismack Miyabo almost plays the entire second half. There, there's something brewing here where Borrego just appears to be a little bit more comfortable with, with Biz out there. And certainly that has to do with just feeling more comfortable with him defensively. Um, I think he's been better in pick-and-roll coverage this year. Um, certainly not, uh, again, lighting the world on fire, but he, he's not been just a complete sieve uh, guarding the pick-and-roll and, and also being able to protect the rim this year, and teams are still attacking him just as much. So I think that's something interesting to watch, BG. I mean, Cody Zeller really uh, almost the last two games like stuck to the bench in, in favor of Bismack Biombo, which is – Kind of odd. Yeah, I'd love to know more about why the like why exactly Borrego was stuck with that one lineup at the end of the at the end of the Pacers game. You know, was that him rolling with the the lineup that was just hot and, and was sort of playing above its head, or you know, was that sort of some sort of stealth tank gone wrong? Because PJ Washington and Cody Zeller, who I think have been this team's two best players this season or two of the three along with Devontae Graham, like you said, glued to the bench the entire, you know, Half the yeah. half the fourth quarter and all of overtime, basically. And I get it in the Indiana game. I mean, that certainly was playing the hot hand. I think. I mean, Biz, look, he earned it, right? Like he was plus totally something, like twenty or whatever it was, and in, in not many minutes, uh, fifteen points, number of rebounds, and blocks. Um, but tonight, I, I, I'm not. I just I don't understand why Cody Zeller plays like two minutes or whatever it was in the second yeah. half. I'm not sure that I really now. 
I think Cody Zeller has struggled recently. I think he is giving you nothing offensively. Um, you know, you, you can't throw the ball into him. Uh, and They're trying to that this year. Really, it's weird. Yeah. It's, not, it's not working. I mean, it's, not, it's just not his game at all. Yeah, and, and you know, I'll say this too. I, I think him, I, I think Zeller needs more minutes with Devontae Graham. You know, Devontae Graham has just proven mm-hmm. to be so good in the pick and roll, and yeah. Terry Rozier is couldn't be more opposite um, and so indecisive. And when Zeller can't roll, catch it, you know, yeah. in that little short roll area and make a play with the ball, you know, he's not a world beater in that role, but he's he's competent. He's better than Bismack Biombo. He's better than any other center option Charlotte has on this team. But Rozier doesn't give him that option to use that strength. Graham would. So this is a complicated issue, and I think it really – what we're talking about really is a change in the starting lineup, I think, mm-hmm. uh, because this this Rosier, um, Dwayne Bacon, Miles Bridges, P.J. Washington, Cody, Cody Zeller group is – They're getting torched this season. They're too. terrible. They, I mean, they, it's awful, and, and something has to change there. They were minus 26 before tonight. Uh, that number is going to update and go lower after this game. They, they were not good. Um, yeah, like you said, I, I think it's probably time at this point – um, you know, we're what eight games into the season that, yeah, you could, I think, I mean, Zeller missed one of those contests as well, but I think it makes sense for them to move the pieces around, you know, bacon or Rozier to the bench, probably bacon. You put Devonte Graham in there. We've talked about this before and, and yeah. you slide Rozier to the two, which is really like the position he's better suited for to be like in terms of what his skill set is, honestly. But that seems to be something that at least during his time up in Boston, he was sort of reluctant to, to move off ball and, and focus on spot up shooting and secondary creation. Like it just, he wants to have it and you know play with the ball and feel it and set guys up. I mean, it's not like he's like an entirely selfish player, but he just clearly has this, it, it's up to this point in his career. He's had this one standard foul he wants to operate in the half court. And I, I don't think it totally uh, vibes with what his actual skill set is. So you're right. We'll see how that goes. Um, the drives by Miles Bridges, a couple things on, on Bridges tonight, because I, I thought he had a, a decent game, although with some hiccups in defensive coverages. But, you know, that's going to happen against Boston and Brad Stevens. I like that he mixed it up with Marcus Smart a little bit for Charlotte. Like, I, I like that. I thought the one time there was a little kerfluffle towards the end of the game where that he and Marcus Smart are going for a rebound. It even looked like Marcus Smart was, uh, you know, holding, had Miles' arm pinned as they initially were fighting for position. And then um, as the ball went up and came down, Bridges, you know, pushed. It looked like Smart may have embellished a little bit. But I thought at the start of that possession, you couldn't quite tell that the way that the the, the game was being produced through uh, TNT. But the way when it cut back to on the on-court action, Malik Monk was on the ground. And Marcus Smart was the closest guy to him, and the crowd was sort of booing a little bit. And I was one. I I no. I don't know for sure, but I assumed that Malik had been pushed over, and um, and I and I was sort of assuming that perhaps that that exchange at the end of the possession between Bridges and Smart had to do with with Miles having uh, Malik's back to an extent, or perhaps it was just you know frustration with getting with them starting to get a little bit punked in that game as well. But I like that he went at that he went at Marcus Smart. And on those drives, those sort of like freewheeling, Euro stepping, sidestepping, playmaking drives by Miles Bridges where he really likes to 
finish with his right hand or if he can't get all the way, all the way to the rim for a dunk. I don't totally trust him yet on those plays, but I, I made a note of this during the game. They are really fun. Like they're like they're exciting, and you can see um, this being a skill that could really serve him well going forward. Because I think he's a guy that can project out to being an average three point shooter and, and okay from the corners. And then now all of a sudden he's got this game that when teams run him off the line, um, you know he's got a weapon he can throw at them. And then obviously in transition he can be flat out electric. No question. I mean. One of my favorite highlights of the game tonight was Miles, and I don't remember if it was – I think he just was on the left wing. He caught the ball. Um, whoever threw it to him, Devontae, cleared out. He kind of did a little shoulder shake and just had a pull-up dribble three, mm-hmm. boom, right from the top of the arc. I mean, that's the kind of stuff where I'm like, wow. I mean, if, if he can just get a little shimmy of, I'm, hey, I'm going downhill here. No, I'm not pulling up from a three from above the arc. Like, whoa, now we're talking about a different kind of player, Miles. And we saw that a little bit last year, and even early this year, but usually it's off the catch, right, BG? Like the yeah. off the dribble above yeah. the arc three. If, and he looked really comfortable and fluid taking it, uh, which was exciting. All right, look, I want to talk about Kimba, but let's take a real, uh, quick break, and we'll be right back. Have you ever seen an untucked button-down? They look bad. Why? Because they weren't meant to be worn that way. Thankfully, there's Untuck It, the original button-down shirt actually designed to be worn untucked. No matter your size or shape, Untuck It shirts always fall at the perfect untucked length. And with the holidays near, there's no better gift for your favorite guy who needs an upgrade. I will say that I wear button-down shirts on a regular basis for my job. Uh, And some days I don't feel like tucking them in, but you can't do that with most button-down shirts. So you either decide to keep it tucked in or wear something completely different unless you have a untucked shirt. And I actually got one of those last year and I love wearing it because it falls at the perfect length. With more than 50 plus fit combinations, untucked shirts looks great on tall, short, slim, and athletic guys of all ages. With untucked, your shirts will never look baggy, bulky, too long, or too big. So whether you're shopping for the perfect holiday gift or just trying to craft a smart, relaxed style on your own, Untuck It is the way to go. Visit UntuckIt.com and use code BLUE for 20% off at checkout. That's U-N-T-U-C-K-I-T.com and promo code BLUE for 20% off. Support for Blue Wire comes from Manscaped who's number one in the men's below-the-belt grooming. Manscaped offers precision-engineered tools for your family jewels. Manscaping is never an easy task and can often lead to some disasters below the belt. That's why Manscaped has redesigned the electric trimmer. Their Lawnmower 2.0 has proprietary skin-safe technology, so this trimmer won't nick or snag your nuts. Manscaping accidents are finally a thing of the past. And don't use the same trimmer on your face as you're using on your balls. That's just nasty. In addition to the Lawnmower 2.0, Manscaped also has the Crop Preserver, an anti-chafing ball deodorant and moisturizer. You already put deodorant on your armpits. Why are you not putting deodorant on the smelliest part of your body? Start taking care of your grooming and get 20% off, plus free shipping with the code BLUEWIRE at manscaped.com. That's 20% off with free shipping at manscaped.com. 
com and use code BLUEWIRE. Always use the right tools for the job. Your balls will thank you. All right, BG, let's um, pay our omens here. Kimball Walker, <laughs> we probably to. should have opened. Yeah, have yeah. to. We probably should have opened with it, but hey, we, we are a Charlotte Hornets podcast, so we got to gotta start with that. Um, Walker, 0 of 6 in the first half. Is that? Yep, 0 of 6 in the first half, three points um, all from the line. Doesn't even play the fourth quarter, but the third quarter is all he needed to leave his mark. 4 of 6 from the floor, 3 of 5 from behind the arc, 11 points, 4 assists. Um, a lot of some vintage Kimba in there. Uh, a few no doubt. shimmy shakes, um, no doubt. getting you lean in one way, coming off the screen the other three. Uh, I want to say two of his threes were of that variety, and then I think he had one kind of trailing transition three. And in kind of when the Hornets were trying their best to dig back in this, and Kimba kept him at arm's length, it was nice to see him out there. I, I'll be honest with you, it really was for me a little bit emotional before the game. I pulled mm-hmm. myself together, but but <laughs> but you know, seeing everything, uh, the highlights that. The, the videos the team put together, you know, him walking around and saying hello to the staff and the Spectrum Center and some of the fans. Like, I don't, I, you know, I, it's a, it's a, you know, a Thursday night game on TNT. I never expected to to be too um, gut wrench, but it, you know, some memories flooded back in. It was, it was, it was nice to see it. No doubt. I mean, there's no player that, uh, at least in my time with this podcast, which you know we're <laughs> two and a half years now or so. It, there's no player that we talked about more. It's it's not even close. There's no there's no player that I've I've watched more over the last five years outside of maybe LeBron and stuff like that. But uh, I saw saw every game he played the last four years. Thought about him a lot, and uh, yeah, it was weird to see him in a different uniform on back on that home court. I'm sure it was bizarre for him, as Ali LaForce sort of reported on even uh, during the game as well too. I thought it was interesting that the the in, in Brad Stevens even came out and said it during one of the in game interviews, but the first play of the game they came out with a little horn set and tried to get him a finish at the rim. And I mean, how many times have you seen seen that exact setup? You know, Spectrum Center, Kemba, start of the game. All right, let's get into the half court offense. Little horn set with Marvin and Cody and try to get going downhill. And it was just weird to see. It, it come in the other way. That's not the first game I've watched with Boston, obviously, this year. And, of course, these teams matched up in preseason. But, yeah, different for a regular season of game. But it's cool to see the love uh, but from fans to player to organization to player, coaching staff to player, ex-teammates to player, and, and vice versa. Like, I, you know, a, the guy clearly had a special impact on the city and, um, you know, when this guy's playing career is over, whenever that is, I think you're going to see him around Charlotte a lot then, too. Well said. All right, let's play a game, BG, because I want to talk about a number of players, but okay. we don't have time to get to all yeah, of them. Yeah. All right, so let's say Malik Monk, Terry Rozier, Dwayne Bacon. Who are you worried most about? Oh, uh, I'm most worried about Terry Rozier by actually a fair amount, to be honest with you. How about yourself here? Yeah, I would agree with you. Terry yeah. was here. I mean, he was scary. He was, Terry. As, he, was he was scary tonight. He's yeah. he was as bad as you could possibly be tonight uh, in this game. I, I actually wondered why Borrego stuck with him as long as he did um let's see rosier one of 11 tonight three points he's minus 14 in his time on the floor four turnovers two assists um just terrible i I don't understand you know well let me back up 
I thought that Terry Rozier with a starting role, or at least I was hopeful with more minutes, starting role, hey, you're the guy, Mm -hmm. would be a more decisive basketball player, certainly in the pick and roll, attacking the rim, you know, having that one or two go-to moves to score. He just dances with the basketball. There's no conviction. There's no plan. Uh, It's this herky-jerky stuff that – has gotten worse. Like yeah. in preseason, it looked a lot more fluid, and and he, he it felt like he had a plan. If he didn't have a look, he was kicking it out. The offense was continuing to move. He's just in pick and roll. He's sneaking across the lane. He's getting the switch, and if he doesn't see a shot go down early, even if he has the switch, he's just going to throw the ball into the post and run away. I mean, he had a, he had a point late in the second quarter, early third quarter, where he would not come to the basketball. Mm-hmm. Yeah, this was not a great game for him, and he took some tough shots in the lane. He missed basically every shot he took in the lane tonight. The the one field goal he made may have been from just outside the paint, but look this up. Uh, Rozier's the first guy in the NBA this year. It's early. Um, with at least three turnovers in the game he had four tonight, but with at least three turnovers um, and one or fewer made field goals on 10 or more attempts. And that happened 13 times, 12 times last season in the NBA. Rozier is the first to hit those benchmarks in the game. Yeah, he was really bad tonight. He just doesn't have a whole lot of feel for for pick and roll. And and honestly, I think the only time you really want to get this guy in screen roll action it, it basically it's got to be with with Washington or Zeller. Like it's got to have someone who has some sort of rim gravity. Um, even then, Rozier may just snake dribble right into those guys. Like he he has he is like his feel and decision making. That combination along with his just sort of like natural flow for how a pick and roll is supposed to be run. I mean, it's just it's too many moving parts for him. I, I do think sometimes when they run those little quick side pick and rolls. And it's just, hey, Terry, if you're open, shoot it. If if Or if PJ's open on the roll, throw it to him. And if not, like, keep it moving. Be, like other, But if you do anything other than that, man, it, it's just, um, yeah, it's like a, it's just a foreign language to this guy right now. He's not going to make a good decision. Yeah, he's, he's not. Um, and, and really, I wish when he catches it in the corner or at the top of the arc or in the wing, he's got enough space to get more shots off. And I know that that's not his game. He doesn't want to catch a shoot. He wants to catch and probe and catch and, and pound the air out of it. And But he's got to start. If he really wants to get involved in this offense and get better looks, he's going to have to start catching and shooting more. And he's going to have to share the floor with Devontae Graham more. And uh, I don't know how Borrego is going to figure that out because – if those guys are on the floor more, or even if they start together, now you're you're literally making your second unit the sacrificial lamb of the NBA, and you know yeah. there has to be an alleviation to that second unit at some point. And with the way that Dwayne Bacon's playing and the way that Malik Monk is playing, I mean, I don't know what it is. This team is, is getting thinner by the second. It feels mm-hmm. like, and I'm not sure what the answer is. All right, Dwayne Bacon. Uh, to me tonight, BG, you know, I thought he was just really swallowed up by this length. I mean, Jason yeah. Tatum and and uh and Jalen Brown I mean those guys they move their feet they get their arms out if you beat them off the dribble they're gonna recover they're gonna funnel you in the right direction I mean Dwayne Bacon just looked like he was he looked like a JV player against these guys tonight to be honest um he he cannot against those kind of defenders he can't get to his mid-range spots and get his shots off Mm -hmm. and when he can't do that he's certainly not going to get to the rim and finish and um and he doesn't want to take threes unless he's just wide open and has to. So, really tough matchup for for Dwayne Bacon. But he looks his confidence. Just you watch his body language. You watch the way he moves. You watch his decision making on both ends of the floor. He looks confused right now. He he looks like he's he's taking a pretty serious hit to his confidence. 
Yeah, I think he and Bridges were the two guys before the season started that without Kemba, they were going to have the biggest role change um, and in, in terms of what they were asked to do offensively. And while those guys had a nice run at the end of the season, last four, five, six weeks of the season, just spotting up, attacking closeouts, you know, trying to hit catch and shoot threes, if it, you know, and then just attacking off whatever gravity Kemba and was uh, creating with Frank lifting the defense out beyond the arc too. And that's just gone. Like they don't, you know, when they, when they go small and play PJ Marvin, they can lift defenses, but if Zeller's out there, even with the increased volume, that's not creating a whole lot of space for them. And, and like you said, against the length of Boston, I mean, they've got serious guys that lock in defensively, uh, Brown, Smart, Tatum, Hayward, Grant Williams, like these guys are freaking good and uh, just a bad matchup, as you said, for him. But yeah, it's been it's been tough for Dwayne and this so far this season. It just feels entirely too predictable. Yep, no doubt. Um, And then Malik Monk, finally, um, I I just forget he's on the floor sometimes. You know, I I know that Devontae Graham has eaten up a lot of this. a, a ton, uh, probably a h- unhealthy amount of offensive creation and usage for the second unit, and then when he's also playing with Rozier. But you know, Monk has gone back until we saw it his rookie season. We saw it last season. Um, he's just more than happy to hide in the corner or stand around yeah. the wing if he's not involved offensively. And you know, it's just to the point where there's no excuse for Malik Monk. I mean, if he can't get involved on this roster, then there's no roster in the NBA for him to get involved in. And, and at some point, he's got to take the initiative. Um, a few careless turnovers again tonight. I mean, he, he, the first one, pick and roll with Bismack Biombo. Once again, he leaves his feet. You can't – we heard Jay Billis say it in a college game on the call last night. You do not leave your feet when you pass the basketball. Certainly, if you don't know who you're throwing it to or where exactly yeah. you're throwing it to. yeah. And the turnover to Bismack rolling down the lane was just – it's just inexcusable. Number one, don't leave your feet. Where are you throwing the ball? He's throwing it behind Biz. And amongst all that, <laughs> remember who you're throwing it to. Yeah, yeah. It's just – I mean, th- this is his third season. I mean, that, that stuff is inexcusable at this point. And then the other one, really maybe not as much Malik as it is just Boston's length, but trying to drive through uh, two wings, gets it stripped. Um I don't know. I don't know with Monk, but he is uh, he has really shown he's shown a little bit in the creation you know preseason early this year, but it, it's just it's just constant regression. It's constant. If things aren't going my way, I'm going to go stand over here in the corner and be more than happy to not get involved. And so, same old stuff with Malik. I'm, I'm yeah. afraid BG. Yeah, I th- so I thought he played pretty well during parts of the West Coast trip. Uh, Sacramento and Golden State since they've come back to Charlotte you know not great against Indiana and and obviously tonight just sort of like a vintage as you were sort of describing it a vintage Malik Monk game a lot of lot of standing in the corner when he was on the ball just sort of um, you know a little too erratic Uh, yeah one of three shooting uh, two turnovers and no three-pointers, did get to the line twice. Uh, I thought there have been some encouraging signs with Malik Monk, but I think at this point, it, it's like he, to think he's turned a corner is is just, it's weight, it's naive. Um, and you just with him, it's still going to be trick-or-treat most nights, I think. Still just 21 years old, doesn't turn 22 until like halfway through the year. He's still young, um, and there's clearly ability, and to his credit, 
I think his shot profile has gotten a lot better this year. He's getting to the rim far more frequently. Yeah, it's still going to be a bit of a mixed bag with Malik. And probably for this team overall, Hornets tonight, uh, according to Cleaning the Glass, score a 0.8 points per possession overall, which is tremendously bad and is also easily their worst outing of the season so far. As bad as it gets. 0.8 yeah. yep. 0 points per game that is uh or yeah. per 100 that's bad these games are coming um, these games are coming man like this is this is yeah, the, yeah, you yeah, know no like this is yeah. i think everyone who's paying attention to this team the the thing is they're going to play hard they'll stay connected you know until hopefully the losses don't wear them down too much but yeah like this is this is what i expect most games to look like for charlotte albeit not not quite this bad yeah, this is i think a bit of an outlier in terms of yeah. offensive output I think that's about it here. I mean, the last thing I want to mention, Cody Martin, to me, BG, he's just he's a jolt of energy every time he enters the game. I think yeah. he has earned minutes at this point. Totally. That's he's just my opinion. But yeah. you know, he doesn't bring a lot to the to the to the offense. Um, but he's he will cut. And this is something that none of it doesn't feel like anybody on this team will do between Malik Monk, Dwayne Bacon, Terry Rozier. I mean, Devontae Graham is really the only guy who consistently can get into the lane around the rim on that baseline area probe with the ball how many times tonight again where the celtics are staying stuck to their man off the ball Mm -hmm. graham gets in there and everybody's just standing around the arc i know that i understand the hornets have had drive and kick success early in the year but that's because they've been able to bend the defense and attract second defenders boston didn't do that tonight so for the hornets not to say you know what guy's sticking on me Devontae's in, in the lane waiting for somebody to help him out and everybody just stands Somebody's got to cut, and Cody Martin, that comes naturally to him. He's a winning player. Uh, he plays – he's a great defender. You know, not a real strong guy, but mm-hmm. he'll hold his own. He'll move his feet. He's athletic, and he won't give up on a play. And we've reached that – we're two weeks into the season now. There was a lot of energy early. Now we've reached this point where we're watching some of these youngsters starting to lull a little bit, starting to hang their head, starting to put their hands on their hips. Like, yes, we knew all this was coming, but when that happens, you need an example to be set. And Cody Martin, frankly, for a guy that's not starting, is that guy for the Hornets right now. I think he's earned some serious minutes. Yeah, he looks like an NBA player. Like, once he gets the shot, right, then all of a sudden, then now now you've really got something. Because you said offensively, he can't really offer you too much other than run run to the rim in transition, which he does with great pleasure. And, and cut, you, Bridges should take a play out of this guy's playbook in terms of those vertical cuts and those ghost cuts along the baseline. I, I think that's that's something where, where Bridges could absolutely have a little bit more of an impact, certainly in the half court. But I agree with you on Cody Martin. I think he's a really good defender, and he got some possessions tonight, uh, matched up against some talented offensive wings and, and guards for the Celtics. They Charlotte even went to late in the first half a lineup with Bridges and PJ at the 4-5 and with with Cody sort of as like the de facto three along with uh, I think Devontae and and Dwayne Bacon I'd like to see more of that I think this guy's earned playing time and he is an an excellent young defensive player good on ball against a couple of positions and very eager in help situations so uh, again we won't go too long on Cody Martin here but all in all impressed with his effort 
All right, very good. BG, let's get out of here. Um, yep. Hornets back in action on Saturday night at home against New Orleans. Uh, that's the first of a back-to-back. Then they go to Philly on Sunday. Jot an L down for that one. Uh, <laughs> and and then they'll come home twice next week, Memphis and Detroit. So three of the next four, you know, feels like the Hornets can be competitive in. Um, four and four, 500 through eight games. I don't think any of us would have guessed that. So as bad as tonight was, there have been some positives. All right, so until next week, I am Spencer. That is Brian. Go Hornets. Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality.